The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show. You all know what this month is. What do we do in July? We celebrate. We celebrate the signing of the anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. So you know what I have to say about the show today? Look out. Look out. You've got the king on the show today. You have the author of the Americans with Disabilities Act. You have the former chair of the National Epilepsy Foundation, current chair of the the, uh, AAPD, American Association for People with Disabilities. But one other thing, you have our civil rights leader. You have our man, the Honorable Tony Quello. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Joyce. It's great to be on the show with you. It's always a pleasure to be on your program, but uh, any time to be involved with you and your cause, it's a great honor. Thank you. Well, yeah, well, that is how you would, that's how you are. Humble, it's an honor for us to have you on here. Tony, for our listeners throughout the world, how about if we start by you telling them, what did you feel like July 26th, 1990, when this was signed by President Bush? Well, without a doubt, it was one of the greatest moments in my life uh, because, you know, a lot of people don't realize that before uh, July 26, 1990, uh, those of us with disabilities uh, didn't have any protection of the law. Uh, we could gotten kicked out of restaurants uh, if we couldn't see, uh, read, read the menu, kicked out of uh, movie theaters uh, uh, if we were in a wheelchair because we could be a fire hazard. Uh, all these things uh, people could do legally. Uh, we had no rights. We could be denied employment uh, uh, for whatever reason. Uh, if we had a disability, uh, an employer had the right to deny us and and uh, say they were denying us because of our disability. Um, and uh, there was nothing we could do about it. We didn't have any legal rights. Uh, and on that very day, uh, when uh, uh, Papa Bush signed the ADA, uh, at that very moment, all of a sudden, the law of this wonderful country was on our side. All of a sudden, um, we had our civil rights. Uh, that very moment, uh, the world had changed for us. It didn't mean that uh, all of a sudden everything was going to be at our beck and call. It just meant that we had our civil rights, that we had a right to go to court. We had a right to sue. We had a right uh, to be uh, part of this wonderful country uh, that everybody else uh, had a right to, to be part of. Uh, now, a 
lot of people in the disability community thought that that meant in 1990 that everything would change automatically. Um, I always like to tell people, no, only the law changed. Um, for people of color, uh, they got the law on their side in 1964 and 1965, uh, but there's still discrimination. Um, but they have the law on their side, and they can take it to court and and, and get things reversed. Women uh, have the same problem, but they got the law changed. Um, so finally, uh, we uh, got the law changed for us July 26, 1990, and tears came to my eyes as the president was signing that, that law. What a wonderful, wonderful moment for those of us with disabilities. Well, especially you being the author. I mean, I cannot imagine what that would have felt like to you. I only wish I, too, could have been there, but that's why we're doing this on this show, so that every young person with a disability knows our history and hears it right from you. Uh, Tony, one question, because we're on Twitter and Facebook. One question that we had received prior to the show was, in your opinion, what do you remember as being the hardest obstacle in getting the ADA signed into law? Well, I think the hardest thing was to um, uh, convince people that uh, we in the disability community wanted to uh, be treated uh, like everybody else, that um, we didn't want to be patronized, uh, we didn't want pity, we didn't want to be given things, that we just wanted to be like other everybody else. We wanted to be able to work. We wanted to be able to to participate in society, those of us that can, uh, and that um, we weren't uh, begging for handouts or special treatment, uh, but we also didn't want uh, to be patted on the head and say, go stand in the corner and we'll take care of you. Um, that uh, there's... Part of it is our dignity um, and uh, to getting people to understand that uh, patronizing us uh, and so forth is not what we wanted anymore. Uh, and getting people to understand that uh, was, was difficult. Uh, and then getting people to uh, understand that it, it was worth it to to make these changes. I always like to tell the stories that, you know, you go to a street corner in, in any city, small cities, medium-sized cities, large cities, and there are curb cuts. Now, why were those curb cuts put there? Obviously, to provide access for uh, people with disabilities uh, in wheelchairs and so forth. Um, but who, if you stand there and you just watch who uses those curb cuts today? Um, there are a few people in wheelchairs, but it's delivery men and women taking with their delivery carts uh, goods to small businesses uh, back and forth. They use those curb cuts. It's uh, uh, the elderly in order to get on the curb. It's uh, mothers and fathers with the baby strollers. Uh, it's businessmen and women with their luggage uh, to uh, get on the curb. It is uh, messengers uh, with their bikes. It is uh, 
yes, uh, skateboarders and skaters uh, getting on the uh, sidewalks as well. But a small percentage of the people who use those curb cuts are uh, those of us with disabilities. And that's true with most accommodations, uh, the phones at airports. Uh, I don't have a hearing loss, but when I go to an airport, I uh, look for the phone that have the volume uh, accessibility because the noise is such a factor that it's better if, if I can uh, increase the volume at the airport. That's there for people with uh, uh, have hearing needs. But it, I use it, and a lot of other people do as well. But it's, it is convincing people that there's a real need and that these accommodations can be used by the general public as well. And, and that we have found. But it, the biggest difficulty we faced was attitude. And you know what, Joyce? It's still true today. Still true today that one of the problems we have is attitude, getting people to change their attitude about those of us with disabilities. When they see somebody with the disability, they can see the disability, they immediately assume that we can't do something as opposed to wondering what we can do. Um, when they see somebody without a disability, they don't think, well, I wonder what Sally can't do or I wonder what Sam can't do. They don't do that at all. But if they see one of us with a disability, they immediately assume that because I can't see that there are things that I can't do. They immediately assume because I'm in a wheelchair that I can't do that. And so there is that negative stereotype immediately. And how do we get people to change the attitude to uh, wonder what is it that I can really do, just like they would with somebody else? Somebody who is hearing impaired may be brilliant in certain areas, more so than somebody who doesn't have a hearing impairment. So it's changing attitudes. We're making progress. Uh, I'm the eternal optimist. We're making progress. Uh, but that's still a big barrier for us. And it is, and you are so right on. You know, when you were saying about how people will take advantage of these accommodations, it's if when you're, and you were talking about the airport also, if you're in a restaurant bar and they have the TV on, they have the captioning. Right. To I mean, make it just convenient a, for people, you know, was, just because they can't hear, to because of the noise, to see what's being said. But once again, these are all, you know, accommodations for people with disabilities. And uh, it still amazes me to this day that everyone seems to forget that we had a president of the United States who was in a wheelchair. But we also uh, forget that... Uh, they hid that disability, and that's oh. the sad thing, is that uh, he would stand up at a podium and nobody in the press took pictures of him getting up from the wheelchair and propped up at the podium when he made his speech. Uh, they didn't take many pictures of him in the wheelchair uh, and didn't get out in public because at the time they felt that if this most powerful man in the world and uh, Franklin Roosevelt was one of the most powerful, if the if not the most powerful man in the world, 
that if he was photographed in a wheelchair, that it might take away from his power. So uh, the media and everybody uh, cooperated to make sure that he wasn't photographed uh, in his wheelchair. And that's a sad commentary. That is sad. Well, that's what you just said, attitude. Attitude. It's all about attitude. And with that, listen, we're going to go to break, and we'll be right back with our champion, the Honorable Tony Quello. You are listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice, what if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. You are so lucky if you're listening to the show today. You are in for a treat because I have the Honorable Tony Quello as our guest today, author of the Americans with Disabilities Act, former congressman, current chair of AAPD, former chair of the Epilepsy Foundation. One other thing I have to mention, the person who really changed my life when I went from seizure disorder to, hey, everyone, I have epilepsy. That man is with us today. I think we have a caller on the line. Hello. Yes, go ahead. Hi, Joyce and Tony. It's Chris Griffin. How are hey, you? Hey, Chris. How are you? Congratulations. Why, thank you. I just I was listening to the show, and uh, obviously you two are a great entertainment. I love listening to the history and the discussion about uh, President Roosevelt. Uh, which always reminds me of a, an ad campaign up in Massachusetts <clears throat> that someone did that had a picture of President Roosevelt and the, and the slogan was, sometimes the best person for the job is a person with a disability. Oh, and uh, I, like I just, that. you two do more. You haven't really touched on employment that much, but you two uh, combined do more for employment of people with disabilities than anybody else I know. 
And I just wanted to say hi and thank you both for all of your support and encouragement you've given me over the years. Well, I think for the for Joyce, for your listeners, everybody should know uh, about Christine. Christine was uh, on the Equal Opportunity uh, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and just uh, uh, got appointed to be Deputy Director of OPM, Office of Personnel Management, uh, uh, for the federal government. And she got confirmed uh, just uh, last week. Well, uh, technically not confirmed. I had my hearing. Oh, and, had a uh, hearing. That's right. Still had waiting for confirmation. Uh, but will be confirmed easily, but had the hearing. And uh, she's going to be dynamite, uh, the number two person at OPM. And we're looking forward to uh, that little sleepy agency doing some great things for people with disability. And, yeah, no, I think we've got a great, um, with the director over there, John Berry, who's committed to this as much as we are, I think it's, uh, you know, we're really going to be able to change some things. Yeah, I'm really excited. Really I just excited want to, about it. I just want to mention Christine's going to be a great leader, so I'm I know really you've heard uh, Commissioner Griffin before on the show. Actually, her uh, title now is vice chair until she moves over there as Deputy Director, but I want to tell you, everyone listening to the show, this woman is the real deal. She is the real deal. She really lives it every day. You know, she's like a Tony person, because to me, a Tony person is genuine, someone that really cares about the employment of people with disabilities. And all I have to say is, look out. Uh. Well, listen, I didn't call up to sing my praises. I really wanted to call and and sing Tony's. Uh, You know, you've you've done so much um, as a part of this community for people with disabilities, especially in the area of employment. Uh, I don't think people understand how long you've been involved in the uh, employment arena for people with disabilities, but you might want to talk about that a little. I, I don't know when you started with the President's Committee, but I know it goes way back. And you've you've always maintained that you know we need to keep pushing the employment uh, opportunities for people, and and I'm looking forward to working with you in the future. Thank you, Christine. Oh, thank you. Much. Hey, thanks for calling All in. Right. Take care. All well, right. The reason, Joyce, in response to Christine's comment, the reason I did ADA was because uh, uh, as a youngster, the result of getting kicked out of uh, the uh, seminary uh, because of my epilepsy, uh, and then trying to get a job. Uh, the word epilepsy was on every job application. I couldn't get a job, and so uh, I was suicidal and and was drunk every day. And I, when I went to work for a congressman, I decided that I was going to make this uh, a real issue, the whole issue of uh, disabilities and and so forth, when I got elected to Congress in 1978, uh, then it became, you know, my ministry and that I wanted to make a difference and I decided employment was the key and that if uh, those of us with disabilities uh, could become taxpaying citizens and uh, be employed in in uh, different aspects of life, uh, uh, no matter what it was, uh, uh, a truck driver, secretary, uh, a president of a, of a small company or large company uh, in government, uh, whatever it was, 
that we could make a difference and we could start to get other people employed. The unemployment rate of people with disabilities uh, uh, is is huge, and uh, we're talking about uh, you know 60, 70, 80 percent, depending on color of skin and and so forth. And so uh, it became starting in '78 my focus, and and then when uh, I left Congress in '89, uh, President Clinton. Uh, when he got elected, asked me to uh, chair the President's Committee uh, uh, to hire people with disabilities. And I took on that task for seven years, uh, pro bono, and uh, really worked hard. And then uh, did the task force uh, for President Clinton on adults with disabilities to change some of the rules with that, and then have just continued to to work on that. Just I, I just think that Jobs are critical, and and uh, I think what uh, you do, Joyce, and your company, and so forth, to put people with uh, disabilities and and uh, high-paying, skilled jobs uh, uh, is wonderful. It just creates opportunities for for those of us with disabilities we wouldn't have otherwise. But uh, if you can have a job, then you can provide for family. You can provide for yourself. It gives us pride. Uh, we can. I, I've told five presidents now uh, that we're a community that uh, uh, that uh, does and wants something that most other communities won't say, and that we're one of the few communities that openly say we want to pay taxes. And the reason we do is because that means we have a job. Um, and without a job, we can't be. Uh, participatory in, in this great American society like everybody else is. So we want a job. Uh, we want to be involved and we want to be able to take care of our family and we want to take care of uh, uh, other people with disabilities who can't work and so forth. But we have to be employed in order to be able to do all that. And so jobs are really the key to all this. So um, I think it's so important to stress jobs. And what Christine is doing, uh, she now is uh, number two at Office of Personnel Management, which basically is placing people uh, throughout the federal government uh, in not only Washington, D.C., but in Texas and Massachusetts and California and Utah and all over the United States and, and uh, placing them in these government jobs. And we're looking to place people with disabilities in a lot of these jobs. So, and this is going to be wonderful uh, when that happens. So uh, this is a dream come true for me that this is starting to take place. And President Obama has been very receptive uh, uh, in placing somebody like Christine in this critical position and placing somebody at the White House, Paul Miller, uh, who... Uh, has a disability as well, but placing him at the White House to make sure that people who receive political appointments, that there's a fair share of them who have disabilities so that they understand uh, the need to make sure that people with disabilities and their views, their concerns, their interests are considered at the table along with everybody else. Uh, Not that we're considered before everybody else, but we're considered along with everybody else. That's the true American dream. That is the true American dream. 
Um, and I just want to mention one thing before we take this next caller. I want to say tomorrow morning, Vendor Consulting, we are giving the Tony Quello Award, which is an award given to a CEO or government leader for influencing the employment of Americans with disabilities. I'm very proud to announce that it will be going to Senator Durbin tomorrow morning and that we now, with Voice America, have on Twitter and on Facebook for next year. Since next year, remember, 20th anniversary of the ADA, that you could start now making nominations. The Tony Koala Award honors Tony for the work he has done, as you can see, with his life. I think we have a caller on the line. Yes, Joyce, this is uh, Eric Hargis with the Epilepsy Foundation. How are you today? Hey, Eric, how are you doing? Oh, Eric. things are great. The reason I called in, um, I was uh, listening to uh, uh, to um, Tony Quello's comments uh, about uh, the ADA. Clearly, that was the most important uh, piece of civil rights legislation for our community. But wanted to make sure that we that we also mentioned um, his recent efforts to basically have that act restored. That for most people with uh, with disabilities, there were some uh, a number of court rulings, including some Supreme Court rulings, that pretty much eliminated the protections of the ADA. And um, I know that uh, Tony really championed uh, an act in Congress last year that brought it back to its original intent. I want to make sure your listeners were aware of um, those efforts. And may I just say for a minute, Eric Hargis is the CEO of the National Epilepsy Foundation, which I am very honored to be the chair of that national board. Eric, very nice of you to call in. Uh, Tony, do you want to talk about that? Yes, thank you, Eric, for calling in. It's very nice of you. Uh, basically, what happened is that when uh, uh, I wrote the ADA, uh, I intended it to cover epilepsy. Uh, obviously, in the hearings before Congress, uh, I discussed my epilepsy, and I think most of my colleagues in the House and the Senate uh, knew they were voting for a law that did cover epilepsy, but the Supreme Court, in its infinite wisdom, decided that uh, it did not. And so they basically uh, ruled uh, uh, that epilepsy and some other disabilities were not covered by the ADA. And so what we had to do was to uh, have legislation introduced that made uh uh, basically said that the courts were wrong and that ADA uh, did cover epilepsy, and so we had to basically reinterpret uh, uh, the original bill. And so we got it uh, uh, introduced, and it passed both the House and the Senate overwhelmingly as a result of a lot of work, not only from the epilepsy community but from the disability community at large, and we passed it uh, by big numbers in both the House and the Senate was signed into law by President uh, George W. Bush uh, last year. So it was a major accomplishment, and and so basically the ADA is now back in the shape that we intended it to be when it signed into law in 1990. And I will say, uh, Eric, that without a doubt, Tony, I remember Tony years ago, like five years ago or six years ago at a board meeting saying, I'm going to lead the charge to get this act restored, and he did. And I know he worked with many other groups, as you mentioned, Tony, like Andy Aparato and AAPD and 
many other groups, but boy, you and the Epilepsy Foundation and Sandy Finucane really led the charge there. Well, I think that uh, I think Eric uh, and Sandy Finucane, the general counsel of the Epilepsy Foundation, deserve a lot of credit. The Epilepsy Foundation uh, really made it their top goal to get it done, but there were a lot of other groups that uh, participated as well. But it really became a grassroots effort by the par- on the part of uh, many organizations, and it showed once again that the disability community can get organized and can convince the Congress to correct wrongs, and, and they did. And, yeah, I, I appreciate, Eric, that you gave Sandy all that time and made it an, made it an initiative because here it is. It is signed. Eric, did you have anything else? Well, I wanted to I wanted to emphasize. I think it's great that your your show today is really focused on on employment. I mean, we know that that's 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 absolutely critical. A job is the is the key to independence. So you can choose where you live and and, and what you choose to do with your life. I think one of the misnomers, and I'm, and I'm glad we're bringing this out, is while the Epilepsy Foundation is a nonprofit organization, employment of people with disabilities is not is charity work. It is, this is good business. And Joyce, I know that you work with a number of companies who recognize that hiring people with disabilities, they get, they get great loyal employees who can do a fantastic job. And part of the reason, um, this is part of the reason why I want to indicate that we're going to be honoring, uh, CSC, uh, on November 19th because that is one of the companies that's been doing a great job of employment for people with disabilities and particularly people with epilepsy. And so it's to drive the message home that this isn't, this isn't philanthropy, this isn't charity, this is, this is just good business to hire people with disabilities. Yes, and that is what it's all about. CSC has been a leader. And as a matter of fact, tomorrow, Russ Owen, one of the presidents, is also getting an award tomorrow, as is Sandy Finucane, uh, receiving a Justice for All award. But they have been a phenomenal company. And as Tony always says, although all these other things are important, without employment it doesn't matter. Hey, Eric, thank you so much for calling in. Great. Thank you, and uh, thanks to you, Tony. Tony, isn't that true, though, how you always have said that to me? Yep. Housing is important. Transportation is important, but what do you always say? But you can't buy a house or a car if you're not employed. That's exactly right. A, a job makes it all possible, and it makes it possible for you to to uh, uh, be able to take care of your family and be a proud citizen of this country. Uh, uh, and so, it, you know, pride as opposed to pity is what it's all about. Yeah, and we don't want pity. People with disabilities don't want pity. You know, as Tony mentioned how we want the right to pay taxes, people with disabilities could stay home. They want to work. They want to work. But you've got to get over that attitudinal barrier that Tony was talking about. I think we have another caller on the line. Hello. Hello. Hey, Judy. Hi, uh, uh, Joyce, this is uh, Judy Painter. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just fine, Judy. How are you? I'm very well. And uh, Tony, how are you doing today? My friend Judy. Great, Judy. Thanks That's for calling right. in. Judy uh, Painter well, from the great city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> as you well know, Joyce is from Pennsylvania, and that's what makes it so great. 
Executive Director of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA that I'm so proud to be on the board of. Go Uh, ahead, Judy. And I have to to apologize because uh, my computer was not working on trying to listen to disability matters, so I've been sort of jumping from computer to computer. And I may have missed something, uh, but the reason I was calling today was to, uh, you know, uh, to talk about uh, Senator Durbin being chosen uh, this year for the Tony Coelho Award. And uh, just wanted to say what a wonderful person that I think he is. And I know that you've been talking about employment issues. And and I think uh, so much talk, uh, we've been talking so much about health care and uh, the skyrocketing costs and, and how... Uh, Senator Durbin certainly uh, supports that, and uh, I was wondering, Tony, what you know, you know. We were talking about how much we need jobs, and 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 we certainly need coverage for everyone uh, in healthcare, and and the costs have been skyrocketing, and and you know, most of our our legislators don't uh, know what it costs uh, the the typical uh, uh, employee or employer. Uh, to to actually cover the costs of, of health care. It's just been so expensive. Well, a couple of things I would say. First off, uh, most members of the House and Senate have, uh, or not most, all members of the House and Senate have great health care coverage, and uh, they get it automatically as a result of being elected, and obviously don't worry about it because it's there. Um, and uh, uh, the health care bill, that the president is trying to get adopted would basically provide uh, you and I the same opportunity that these members have. Um, and it is something that uh, needs to happen. There, uh, as everyone knows, a lot of uh, uninsured uh, uh, people uh, in the United States. And uh, the other thing is, those of us with disabilities are well aware of this. There's... Uh, a lot of insurance companies uh, have uh, a provision about uh, preconditions. If you have a, an existing conditions, uh, they do not have to cover you. Um, and so you have situations where a lot of families uh, cannot insure loved ones or can't get loved ones insured because of that provision. And, and with the health care reform, it would eliminate the prohibition against uh, preconditions. So there are a lot of provisions that are really necessary. And, and, it's and the medication issue. Pardon? I know that you know how long we've been fighting on this medication issue. Medication. I mean, the insurance companies are really, you know, I, I, I've, I heard someone speaking yesterday about the fact that uh, this new bill would, you know, prevent, you know, stand, the government wouldn't be standing in between the, uh, the patient and the doctor and today, really, you know, when we're talking about medication issues, we're talking about the insurance companies standing in the way of of, uh, of doctors and patients. Yeah, there's, you know, the whole issue uh, is whether or not who makes the decision. Do patients and and doctors are they basically going to be at the decision table uh, on on care, or are they being dictated to as they are today by the insurance companies? Um, and uh, that's a, 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 you know, only getting worse, not getting better. So we do need reform, and it's a critical time right now. Um, and then two committees in the House have passed a bill. The third committee in the House is working on it this very moment, hopes to get it done this week. And one 
committee in the Senate uh, has passed a bill, and uh, the other committee is uh, uh, in the process of trying to get it marked up. So you've got three committees down, two more to go before we can uh, then try to work out the differences. But um, more progress is made on health care reform at this moment than we've had in the last 40 years. But that's still a long way to go. We still have to get it done. And, and uh, no matter which, you know, how the final result uh, comes, I, I just hope they don't squander the opportunity that, that exists right now. It's very, very close uh, to getting accomplished, and, and hopefully they will. But what I want to do before we, uh, Judy, before you hang up, I want to say something about Dick Durbin. Uh, Dick Durbin, um, one of the reasons that he's getting this award is that he uh, played a critical role in making sure the ADA Amendments Act uh, was brought to the Senate floor uh, when there was discussion about well, we don't really have the time, not sure we have the votes, uh, we need to have X number of hours and so forth. Dick Durbin said to the Senate leader, uh, we have the votes, we have the time, this is a critical bill, it's historic, we need to get it done, we need to get it done now. And he convinced uh, Leader Reed to bring it up, and of course we had the votes, and we had the time, and it got through, and then we had to... Uh, convince the president to sign it. But uh, if it hadn't been for Dick Durbin, uh, we would not have, have gotten this bill uh, on the Senate floor and passed. And then the other thing about Dick Durbin is that he is leading an effort on the Senate side to make sure that we get people with disabilities hired by his colleagues um, and is uh, working hard on that right now um, so that they just don't uh, talk the talk, but they start walking the walk in regards to hiring people with disabilities. So Dick is a real true leader, uh, a young man uh, who has a tremendous uh, future uh, in the Senate. He's the number two person in leadership in the Senate now, so he's in a great place to be one of the best leaders we've had on disability. So I'm really, really pleased that he's being honored uh, tomorrow morning. Well, I am too, and he certainly deserves it. And um, and uh, this all started with you, Tony, and, and we all really appreciate uh, all of your support and your continued advocacy on behalf of people with disabilities. Thank you, Judy. You hey, Judy, thank yes. you for everything you're doing, and thank you for calling in. All right, thanks. Take care, Joyce. Okay. Uh, Tony, you know, we were talking about you being the chairman of the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation. When you were in that role, what what were some of the major changes that you made? Well, Joyce, I am, as you know, I am very big about uh, uh, young people. I think that um, a lot of things uh, in society, uh, with people my age and your age, uh, you know, we basically, uh, you know, you can make some changes around the edges and and life can be better to some extent. Um, but we have an obligation, it seems to me, uh, to help young people, to uh, make uh, life different for them. Um, and uh, they shouldn't have to go through uh, some of the negatives that uh, that we've been through. So any time that we can make a difference for young people, we should. 
We should go out of our way uh, to make it better for them. And we started uh, a youth console um, at the Epilepsy Foundation. And basically, uh, we have a national youth council, and uh, the head of the youth council is on our national board. And we have uh, youth councils at all of our local affiliates, local chapters, however you want to name it, we call them affiliates. Um, and what we're trying to do is to get young people more engaged in our movement and decision making that get on the boards of our local affiliates and and uh, and bring uh, a young voice to our movement uh, become involved in the decision making uh, tell us what we should be doing uh, as we move along and that uh, initiative is really uh, really working it's taken off um, they're very involved with with our whole uh, uh, internet uh, program and our website and so forth. Um, and it's exciting to see these young people engaged. Um, and we have done an outreach to the Hispanic community and the Asian community and, and uh, the African American community and so forth. I just think it's so important to, to reach out to people and get people engaged and involved and, and so forth. And, so, uh, but primarily getting young people engaged. I, I just want so much that uh, uh, those of us who are here now that that we leave something behind and make uh, uh, life better and different for our young people. That's that should be our legacy. Uh, that's what we should be striving to do, as opposed to just worrying about ourselves. Well, Tony, that's something you do not do. I want to tell you, and I'll be saying this again tomorrow, um, or I'll be probably saying this for the rest of my life, but see, before I didn't say this because I thought, oh, Tony will be, I don't want Tony to be embarrassed, but you made a mistake, Tony. You taught me when you can't get a chance to take the podium, speak up. <laughs> You've never taught me that because I'm going to tell you, this man lives it every day. He's not like one of these people that he's just saying this now, you know, on the air. Whenever I'm with him, and I know him very well, I don't care when it is, if he sees discrimination, if he sees a young person with a disability that has potential, I don't care what it is, he gets involved. He does. He gives back. That is why he is at the top of my list as a great American that we all, that we should all respect and love, and I do very much. Hey, Tony, I, I know that you also are now the chair of the American Association of People with Disabilities, which, by the way, everyone, you know what that means? That means I'm the chair of the Epilepsy Foundation. Tony's the chair of the American Association of People with Disabilities. So all I have to say is discrimination, look out. That's all I have to say. That's right. Tony, what made you decide to take on that role? Well, um, as you know, Joyce, um, I'm uh, 67. Um, I believe firmly, and and uh, while you're here, you should uh, make a difference. Um, I've been very blessed, and uh, that uh, I've been able to be uh, very successful financially. And I really believe that the reason uh, I have been is because of my epilepsy, because of my disability, and it's uh, time for me to pay back. And so um, I got very involved with the epilepsy movement because uh, I think epilepsy is 
what created me as a person. And uh, and after uh, serving on the epilepsy board and and continuing to serve as uh, now in my capacity as a former chair and as a board member now and and executive uh, committee and the executive committee, um, I I decided uh, that I wanted to to get involved and I have been on the board of uh, the AAPD for for a while. I think it's it's a forum to get involved across the board. Uh, in regards to disabilities, uh, uh, writing the ADA and and uh, some of the other activities, I am across the board on disability issues. I think it's an opportunity uh, to to pay back and do more, and so I'm committed to it. It's my ministry. It's what I strongly believe in. I love trying to make a difference uh, and trying to help other people make a difference, and I like mentoring uh, uh, young people and creating leaders uh, among our community. I think that, you know, the, the most exciting thing is to is to find people like Joyce Bender and and uh, encourage them to be leaders. And Joyce has become a, a great leader in our community. But it's finding uh, people uh, like Joyce and encouraging them to become leaders. And that's what I intend to do with AAPD is to find more leaders, get them to... Uh, realize that they can become uh, the leaders that our community needs to make a difference, to change things, make things happen. Um, and that's what I should be doing, not uh, building me or, or doing that stuff, but it's it's really building others uh, and making a difference for our community. That's exciting to me. I, I like to uh, build, enhance, and then step back and watch with great pride as uh, uh, new people like Joyce and others uh, grow and take over organizations and make a difference in the lives of others. That's exciting me. I, I love it. I get turned on by it. I get a tremendous amount of joy uh, out of it, and that's what I want to do with AAPD. Well, let me tell you, Tony, I mean, any compliment from you is so meaningful to me, but I'm going to tell you right now, I know you will have a major impact because there's not one board that you've ever been on that you did not have a major impact. And AAPD, by the way, is www.aapd.com. I am also on their board and uh, very honored to be on their board. Uh, Andia Parado is the CEO. And I know, Tony, you're not going to be the chair that just comes to the meetings and sits back. So let me ask you, what, what changes do you hope to see during the time that you are the chair? <laughs> well, the same thing with AAPD. I am really interested in a couple of things. One is to uh, get our youth more involved, more active, do things uh, with the youth that are engaged right now with AAPD, but, but to make it uh, uh, even uh, in a more active uh, force within our community. Secondly, I don't think that uh, we do enough uh, with uh, federal judgeships uh, and that uh, judges uh, determine the future of the disability movement and uh, I think AAPD uh, can play a leading role in encouraging people to become federal judges, encouraging the political process to advance people with disabilities uh, in the into uh, federal judgeships, advancing them along the way on federal judgeships, like Sotomayor. Uh, she's going to be, I think, a tremendous 
a Supreme Court judge. She has a disability. Um, and I think that uh, uh, people will say uh, whatever they want about about uh, people who get on the Supreme Court. But, you know, uh, people of uh, color, women, uh, people with disabilities, uh, when you're on the court, uh, you bring uh, a different set of experiences uh, to uh, who you are, your decision-making, and so forth. Uh, it's not prejudices. It's just a, a different set of experiences, and that is so needed. In the United States Senate, uh, uh, I can remember when there was only one or two uh, senators that were, were women, uh, and now there's something like 35 or whatever. Uh, but uh, and, and women don't bring to the to the the Supreme Court or to uh, the United States Senate uh, a women's legislation. They just bring their experience as mothers and wives and and women and so forth to whatever issue is being considered. The same thing as Supreme Court. Uh, people with disabilities that are elected to office, people with disabilities who are on the Supreme Court or any federal court, bring their experience to the decision-making process. I think that's critically important, and so I want AAPD to be involved in promoting people to the federal courts so that have disabilities and to be involved with making sure that people who get appointments are not anti those of us with disabilities, are not anti the ADA and so forth, and that we aggressively fight people who are and that we promote people who are for us and advocate uh, people who have disabilities for the courts. And so uh, I intend to to uh, uh, get us very involved in that area that we have been involved, but I want us to lead in, in, uh, in that area and then very aggressively involved in employment, which we have been already. But uh, it's going to be exciting. I'm really excited about being involved. Andy Imperato, I think, is one of our young, strong leaders. Uh, I hope to uh, have him be even a stronger leader as we uh, move along in our in our time together. So I'm excited about this uh, period, and uh, I know uh, it's going to be a wonderful experience for me. And I know it will, and I also know it will, Tony, for people with disabilities. Okay, well, Tony, just a couple last questions before we end the show, which I know, listeners, you probably noticed. Hey, what happened to the brakes? Well, this is what happens when you have Tony follow on. Forget the brakes. Okay, Tony, um, at this point of your life, you've done, I can't even count them. You've done so many things, we'd be here for hours if I tried to list everything. Uh, but what would you say, of all of these tremendous accomplishments, what are you the most proud of? Oh, Joyce, um, I would uh, probably say um, uh, probably the ADA. Yeah. Um, and the reason is is because it's now the not only the law of the land in the United States, it's uh, been the law for 19 years, uh, but it's now the law of the land in 52 different countries throughout the universe. Um, it has impacted uh, literally thousands and thousands and thousands of people. But it's changed families. Um, um, it's changed businesses. Um, I, I just saw where um, a, uh, 
a state as uh, having to uh, change uh, a lot of uh, its uh, uh, facilities because it refused to comply with the law, and now it's being forced to comply. Um, but you know, people have a right to, to have access to uh, the uh, state offices and state institutions. Um, just because you have a disability shouldn't prevent you from having access to to facilities that uh, uh, everybody else has access to. Um, and uh, I think just to see all these changes uh, come into place, uh, I, I just I sometimes uh, pinch myself and say, um, uh, all these things have happened. Uh, the results of ADA, uh, there's, I, I just am overwhelmed at times, uh, about, um, what has, uh, what has occurred. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not perfect. Uh, we're, I'm not satisfied. It, it's still my ministry and there's so much more to do. Uh, but, uh, a lot of young people today don't even know that the ADA uh, is 19 years old. They think that's always been there. And uh, they say, well, you know, of course, that's the way it should be. Hey, uh, and you know what? That's what I want to make clear to everyone. One of the, It's there. One of the reasons it's there because of the man you're listening to. Tony, I know we only have about a minute until close. I wanted to ask you, what message did you want to leave with our listeners today? Well, I, I think that the one thing I'd like to say is that, you know, uh, those of you who have disabilities, uh, be proud of yourselves and be proud of, of what we've done. Uh, be proud of uh, who you are. Um, I say all the time, thank God for my disability. It's made me a better person, and I think it makes all of us better people. Yeah, and you know what? You taught me that very well. Remember... When I met Tony, when I did tell anyone, it was just that I had a seizure disorder until he corrected me and he said, excuse me, don't you mean to say you have epilepsy? And now look what happened. Look what happened. Tony Coelho, you mean the world, not just to me, but to everyone. I don't know what we would do without you, but you are a blessing and a champion to all of us. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Joyce. Appreciate it very much. And I want to end the show with a quote from Tony Quello that says, Give me the right to be fired. Give me the right to be fired. You know what that means? No pity. That's what it means. We don't want pity. We just want to work. See you next week when we're celebrating the Americans with Disabilities Act. See you then. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.